Welcome to the Domestic Fuel Cast, a podcast devoted to news and information about alternative fuels and energy. Produced and hosted by Zimcom New Media. A new study shows no ill effects by E15 on older vehicles. I'm your host, John Davis. At the recent Iowa Renewable Fuel Summit, transportation researcher Ricardo, with more than a century experience in the automotive game, presented its study of the effects of using E15 ethanol on older vehicles. In this edition of the Domestic Fuel Cast, Ricardo's Rod Beasley explains why they looked at the 1994 to 2000 model years. Well, at the time, everyone knew EPA was studying 2000 and newer, and so we wanted to but as Bob mentioned this morning and it was mentioned earlier, that 2001 through to the current vehicles is only 63% of the vehicles on the, the light duty vehicles in the US market today. And so there was a concern over introducing on only those vehicles that would be a bifurcation of the fuel at, the, at gas stations and it'd be difficult for gas stations to invest in an E10 and an E15 pump. So we were focusing on 1994 to 2000, which is another 25% of the fleet. So that brings a grand total of uh, about 88% of the fleet would we think would be you know, capable of using E15. Another reason, and I think Paul mentioned it, why we picked 1994. 1994 was quite a, a change in the auto industry. Uh, there was uh, quite a lot of new regulations brought in. Uh, tier 1 emissions were introduced in 1994, model year, and by 1996 they were mandated that all vehicles had to meet Tier 1 emissions. In 1994, onboard re- refueling vapor recovery was introduced, and so that, that was quite an interesting time because uh, a lot of technology was put into the fuel systems to protect for the onboard refueling. And based on some of the studies we did, we saw you know, a lot of the technology that had been protected already for higher ethanol blends. And also, diagnostics was introduced in that time frame as well, where you had to measure, the, maintain the, the, uh, any failures of the engine of key components. That was OBD1 in 2002, OBD2, which we all know today was introduced. So that's really summing up the timeline of events of why we picked 1994. We bookended it at 2000, obviously, because the EPA were doing their study, and you know, those results from the EPA have now been presented, and the waiver has been granted on 2001. Beasley admits it is tough to test these older vehicles. Many are already in bad shape because of age. So when E15 was added, it was wrongly assumed that the higher ethanol blend caused the problems, when more likely the failure would have happened no matter what was put in the fuel tank. In fact, he says the vehicles they found, many which surprisingly had tanks full of E10, were more likely to be corroding from the outside. Beasley says they looked at several issues, including the chances of material failure, tailpipe emissions, evaporative emissions, drivability concerns, and malfunction illumination lamps, better known as MIL, illumination likelihood. The likelihood of any material failure, we sectioned out of fuel tanks, looked at them, their biggest risk to fuel tanks, especially vehicles in Michigan and the East and, and Minnesota like that, is external corrosion more than internal corrosion. Most of these vehicles had coated fuel tanks, but they were rusting from the outside in. There was no protection on the outside. I mean, it's a cost saving. They cut out. So the effect of salt, snow, you know, everything, these things were severely beaten, and the, the chances were they'd leak from the outside in. Tailpipe emissions. You know, uh, we believe, based on our analysis, that if the engine management system can run the air-fuel ratio at stoichiometric, 
then there's absolutely zero impact on the engine-out emissions, and the engine-out emissions that will be uh, produced on E10 will easily be cleaned up by the catalyst. Uh, that's one of the beauties of what uh, Rusty has. He doesn't have catalysts, so he doesn't have the challenges of that, but in the automotive uh, sector, there's you know, catalysts, they are expensive, you don't want to degrade them. If they fail, they usually get sucked back into the engine and you have a catastrophic failure. Evaporative emissions, now this is quite an interesting thing because E15 has a lower vapor pressure than E10, so the effect on evaporative emissions, there is no effect. In fact, in some cases, in some vehicles, it will be an improvement by having a lower vapor pressure. Drivability, uh, we saw absolutely zero difference in drivability. The change in air fuel ratio and the way engine management systems control engines now, there will be no impact on uh, drivability. And in terms of uh, mill light, we don't think there will be any mill light impact. As I said earlier, these vehicles are outside their useful life. There is no compliance. The, the auto manufacturers have no responsibilities for these vehicles because they're over 10 years old and they've done more than 100,000 miles. So the auto manufacturers have no responsibility. Everyone appears to be paranoid about a gross failure or a mill light coming up, which we don't believe will happen. I mean, there's a chance that on a gross leak and everything would happen anyway, so, you know, independent of the fuel. So just a, a few pictures of the fuel tanks. You can see this is a, a fuel tank from a, a Grand Prix uh, we got from a, a junkyard. It's well corroded on the outside. It's got a, a lining in the inside. We sectioned the tank. The tank was fine. There was no deterioration. There was no marking on the internal of the tank. Uh, but the biggest fear was there was little potholes appearing from the outside in. You know, corrosion was working inwards, and there was nothing we could do about that. Same thing for the fuel lines. Uh, there had been a major upgrade in 1994 of steels. Uh, most people use stainless steel or some plastic fuel lines. There was zero impact on corrosion uh, from using E10. Uh, fuel rails, uh, we looked at those stainless steel fuel rails again. Uh, everyone's learnt the impacts of E10. Some plastic fuel rails, again, no impact of that. Fuel filters, we sectioned quite a few fuel filters. There was very, very few markings of these. And so, you know, overall, Ricardo drew the conclusion, the analysis produced that the use of E15 would not adversely affect vehicles produced from 1994 through to 2000, and nor would it cause any detriment in performance uh, compared to E10. That's good news for older vehicle owners, especially since EPA has given the green light for E15 at the pumps. More information is available at the Iowa Renewable Fuels Association website, iowarfa.org. I'm John Davis reporting. You've been listening to the Domestic Fuel Cast, the official podcast of domesticfuel.com. Check out the website daily for the latest good news about the alternative energy industry.